Good afternoon. How are you? Uh, we have the Kiswahili hymnal? Yes. We project? Yes. Okay, let's try. Let's try one. These are the moments the, peop the preacher feels inspired to ask, how many of you are inspired to sing? You, you just feel like singing. Yeah. You know, there's this song that says, Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will. So there the are moments you just feel like. And, and I think this should be one of those moments. Let's try, let's try a hymn in Kiswahili. Sitting at the feet of Jesus in Kiswahili. Oh, we have the pianist. Ah, yes. good, good. Get us pictures on that one. Hey, aspiring and choristers. So you just come. Yes. Yes. This is your opportunity to shine. Yes. <laughs> Bye. 
Amen. 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 Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for assisting me with that. I hope that is the last of the temptations in the musical direction. But in the event that I am tempted, we will get to another one. The Lord has been faithful. Uh, I, I don't know about you. In the morning when you were sharing, our last text was uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, reading from verses 23. And the Bible says, And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. They went to their masters, so the bands of the Syria came no more into the land of Israel. And I have to admit to God that I allowed us to go for lunch. You went and you took over great provision. And the fact that you're back means you're ready for the word of the Lord. And so we'll quickly get to the message for the afternoon. Uh, this afternoon, let me just explain. As you're doing Bible study, I'm not going to use too many texts again. I'm not going to do the usual here little, there little, uh, deriving from first principles what you should do. I think I'm going to get to another life application immediately so that I can just be able to put this to rest in uh, good time. As I said in the morning, this is one of my ways of containing myself, especially when I feel there's too much that I have to share. As we start, let's uh, bow our heads, close our eyes as we have an opening word of prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, whom you told us that when he, the comforter, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will bring to remembrance whatsoever things I have taught you. And God, we pray, Heavenly Father, that in this afternoon, may you teach us. And God, give us a clearer understanding of your word, that our faith may be firmly grounded in you. Bless us now and forevermore, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I remember the story from the preacher. One of my friends is called Pastor Banda. Pastor Banda told a story of this boy whose dad spoke to him. And the dad told him, don't go to the river to swim. And the boy said, sure, dad, I won't. And then time went by, time went by. This boy kept on thinking of the river and swimming. Kept on thinking of the river and swimming. Kept on thinking of the river and swimming. And at last, he went to the river. When he arrived at the river, he was tempted. And as usual, he yielded to the temptation. And he swam. And after that, he got his towel and dried himself and came back and found the dad waiting for him. And when he found the dad waiting for him, the dad asked him, Didn't I tell you don't go to the river and swim? 
said, yes, dad. But why did you go? The boy was silent. And then the dad says, when you went to the river, you went with your towel. Why did you carry your towel? The boy said, I carried the towel. In the event that I am tempted to swim, I will use the towel. And I think so many of us plan temptations that way. You walk to the river with a towel. In the event the temptation comes, you don't want to resist it. And uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to get to another hymn. In the event the temptation comes, I don't want to resist it. There's a song, there's a song I like because it, 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 it gives me the message for the hour. It gives me the message for the hour. It gives me the message for the hour. There's a song I like singing. I, I think you, you gave a rendition of the same song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future. And life is worth a living just because he lives. You see, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, the things that happen in this life, you, you can get to a point you are convinced, hey, this life, it's not worth it. But, 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 but there is also something that should just give you hope for seeing tomorrow. Yesterday, before I came here, there, there's a brother of mine, preacher buddy, preached a long time. We, we like discussing our thoughts. So we're just discussing the message of the hour and today, and as usual, we're like, "Hi, bro, how do you think? So tell me, what do you think about sermons and all those things? We dissected sermons, we dissected sermons. Then, uh, as usual, we end up preaching to one another before we come preaching here. So as we are dissecting sermons on, on charts, we are preaching to each other, and we are like, okay, that one, don't preach it. It's the sermon for tomorrow. You will preach it after five weeks. <laughs> but as you're discussing with him, there's something that came to mind. Our, our, our topic for the afternoon, our topic for the afternoon is uh, what? The certain uncertainty of tomorrow. Let me use that. It looks big words. At times you use big English so that People can look for what you're talking about. But the certain uncertainty of tomorrow. And uh, the simpler version is, if tomorrow never comes. The more complex version is, what if tomorrow comes? So I'm, I'm, I'm just focusing on tomorrow. Beloved, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced that when we live our lives, there is so much about tomorrow. What will happen tomorrow? What about this? And, and do you know, we live our lives, half the time, we are worried about tomorrow. And, 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 and I have, I've come to think for myself that when you are a child of God, and you believe in the word of God, you can be able to face tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to put context into this, but that is the whole message. So those who are tired, you can log off. No, I started with the summary. The summary of the whole message is God is in charge of the present, He knows the past, and He knows the future. You can trust in God, and He will take care of tomorrow. 
Tomorrow is uncertain. Beloved, the only thing we are sure about tomorrow is that we don't even know what tomorrow holds. But one thing I know, there is someone who holds tomorrow in his hands. He is in charge of tomorrow. I, I was telling people yesterday, if you leave everything in the hands of God, those things have been left in the safest place. The hand of God. So we can pick our uncertain tomorrow and say, wait, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know how we'll face tomorrow. But let me tell you, if God is in charge of your tomorrow, tomorrow is fine. Let God take care of it. Tomorrow will come. Do you know there's just so much you can do about tomorrow today? There's so much you can do. And you'll say, no, but preacher, you know you need to make savings. Okay, so go save. You, you've read the text that says, lay not for yourself treasures on this earth. I, I'm not saying you should not have a saving culture. You need to have that. But listen, you cannot put your trust and hope in bank accounts. There must be something better. We need to put our trust in God. It's God who can take charge of life. Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. Let's leave the future in God's hands. Second Kings chapter 6, reading from verses 24. Beloved, I'm systematic. If you are asked what was the morning sermon, you said it ended in 25, 23. If you are asked what is the afternoon sharing, it started in 24. You're not confused. It's easy. Leave these preachers who, at the end of the day, you don't even know you are reading from Kings or where. We are still in Second Kings chapter 6. In the morning, we just learned about... Oh, the presence of the Lord. But, but, but let me tell you something. I, I want you to understand. God knows the future. God is in charge of tomorrow. Worry not about tomorrow. If tomorrow never comes for you, what will you have done? But then, do you know something? There are some of us, we are so much worried about the future until we don't live in the present. Every time you're like, when I grow up, I will do. Beloved, some things just do right now. You can't keep on threatening us with tomorrow, tomorrow. What if tomorrow never comes for you? Live in the present. Don't tell us, just wait, check on me. End of this year, you will see. I am seeing you today, let's deal with the present. <laughs> let's deal with the here and now. Listen, you cannot even plan to serve God in the future. That one day we will do a... Listen, live for God today. That is why God wants those who can live for him right now. Doesn't want people who are threatening that, wait, when the mark of the beast comes, you will see. And here, without the mark of the beast, we are seeing nothing. Nothing. You are failing even when there is no temptation. <laughs> you know, this life can be interesting. As in, the devil has not even started tempting you, you've already fallen. Until the devil is saying, couldn't you have waited? I was preparing a serious temptation. Some of us are disappointing the devil. As in, the devil looks at you and says, God, allow me to tempt him. And then God says, okay, you can tempt him, but don't touch this. Then you hear you are, even before the devil arrives, you've already fallen to the temptation. It becomes difficult. But let me tell you, depends with where God is in your life. 
Second Kings chapter 6, reading from verses 24. Walk with me. It came to pass after this. Ah, after what? After he had already had his army fed by the enemy. It came to pass. No, no, no. Beloved, I'm putting the sermon in context. So walk with me. It came to pass after this. After the great provision. After the proper feeding. After this. It came to pass. After this. That Ben-Hadad and the king of Syria gathered all of his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. Mark these words. There was a great famine in Samaria. No food. No food at all. Remember, just so that you know God is in control, two verses beyond, before this, there was abundant food. The enemies were fed. Now there is famine in Samaria. Beloved, just because the Lord blessed you more than enough yesterday, doesn't mean you cannot lose everything today. Remember, God does not change. Circumstances can change surrounding you, but God is the constant. After this, there was a great famine. And you know, I, I love the Bible. The Bible does not stop with statements like, there was a great famine. The, the, the Bible makes it graphical. Wants you to understand the extent of the famine. How many of you have gone through a famine? Let's see those who understand these concepts. Okay, all of you, you've never gone hungry. Okay, how many of you have ever gone hungry? Like a day or two, you've missed food. Missed food. You, you are not fasting. You're not fasting. <laughs> fasting does not count under missing food. You are not fasting, but you've gone hungry. Somebody? Now let me tell you. When there's a famine, it's not even that you're going hungry. Even the food itself is not there. So here there's a great famine. And to explain the famine, it says there was a great famine. And let me tell you, it, it's bad when in the middle of a famine, the enemy attacks you. Those are the moments you ask, but where is God? As in, how can I, in the middle of a famine, have the enemy attack? And the Bible says that they besieged it until an ass head, the head of a donkey, was sold for 80 pieces of silver. Without knowledge of vegetarianism, how many of you have ever eaten the head of a donkey? You know it is a great famine when even things that you would not eat in your wildest imagination are now being sold. The head of a donkey is being sold for 80 pieces of silver. And I know you think it's a joke, but listen to the next part. And the fourth part of a cab of a dove's dung was sold for five pieces of silver. So you wait, you wait for a dove to relieve itself, then you go and collect, and you are selling that. Now this is famine. This is famine. But, but, but so that you understand, and I like this, I like this, it says, and as the king of Israel was passing by the wall, remember, remember, the king of Israel had heard about the Lord and had seen the goodness of the Lord through Elisha. 
as the king of Israel was passing by the wall out here, like walking over there, the king is walking around. The Bible says, there cried a woman unto him saying, help my Lord, O king. A woman cried to the king, I don't know about you, but in Kenya right now, there was a famous mem that was doing around, Saidia Maskini, Serikali Saidia. And they were crying to the government, help. And let me tell you, there are moments that come that people just think, oh, the president should hear this. So there was famine until they were crying. Suppose it was in the 21st century, Twitter, everywhere. Help, O king. Mr. President, pay attention. You hashtag the king and everything. But here, the text says, help my lord, O king. But I love the answer of the king. This is our first object lesson. First object lesson. Verses 27. And he said, if the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Beloved, today just go, go home and think on that text. If the Lord cannot help you, who can help you? You've heard the text in Romans. If God be for us, who can be against us? I am rewriting and saying, if God be against us, who can be for us? If God does not help you, beloved, our salvation, our help is from the Lord. We must always remember that. You see, the biggest challenge is, <laughs> I was telling the congregation some time back that nowadays you're jobless, then they start telling you, you know, you need to get somebody who knows how to write a CV. No, 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 no. You can write your CV with all the English. In fact, nowadays, you write a CV until you read your own CV, you say, this is not me. <laughs> That's not you. That English is not you. You write over there self-driven, and, <laughs> and you know within yourself there is nothing that drives you to do things. So nowadays, when, and by the way, we are, we, we are bearing false witness. Please use English that you understand when you're writing your CV. Stop this issue of, hey, we need to have a good CV that is captured in big flowery English, and you don't understand the English at all. If the Lord does not help you, you're getting no job. Oh, preacher, give us some hope. Yes. If the Lord helps you, you're getting the job. And that's why the king says, if the Lord cannot help you, whence shall I help you? I can do nothing. I'm not the one to help you. It is the Lord. And beloved, this is where I think most of us miss it. The, the, the part that we lose the vision, the vision is the fact that God is the one who is in charge. And it's God who can help us. In the famine that we are facing, look at it. It says, if the Lord doesn't help you, don't cry to Ephra about oil. God is in control. If the Lord doesn't help us, this oil issue is going to mess us up. If the Lord doesn't help us, Ukraine and Russia were just the other day, they, they started as jokes. And one person is saying, hey, I want to take that land. The other one is saying, no, you won't take it. I'm going to take it. You're not going to take it. Okay, we are going to fight. That's how human beings are behaving nowadays. And only God can be able to help us in these last days. And, and I read the text. It says in verses, I don't know, it says in verses 27, 
If the Lord do not help you, when shall I help you? Out of the bland floor or out of the wine press? What was he saying? Hey, I know there is no food. What do you need? Do you need flour or do you need the oil? But listen, listen to the text. And <laughs> this one scared me. The king said unto her, What aileth thee? And the woman said, This woman walk with me in sanctified imagination. This woman, pointing at the other lady who was standing there, this woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. Eish. Beloved, it's tough. When famine gets to the level whereby you're beginning about your children, that this woman came and, I, I don't know about you, I have, I have two kids. I love them. I love my kids so seriously. And they love me. In fact, nowadays I'm not even worried when I'm asking, oh, how many of you love the preacher? You don't have to. <laughs> my, my daughter knows. You don't have to love the preacher. My daughter will just know, can even run up front if left free over there. But let me tell you, I love my kid. So when I read this text, there's some text I say, this one gives me a better understanding when I have a child. Because you know you can say, ah, they were hungry. But, but, beginning about your child, saying, okay, let's, let's begin. Give your child, we take today, we eat. Then tomorrow, we eat yours. Okay, that, that is not so sad. Listen to the next part, which is sad. Verse 29. So we boiled my son. Just listen to this. The lady says, the famine is serious. And let me tell you, when the king had this, the king now knows this, this famine thing has gone another level. Listen, when we were talking of donkey head, when we were talking of the dung, those were light things. Now things are serious. He said, give your son that we may eat. Now we boiled my son. First person narrating. So we boiled my son. And we did eat him. And I said to her the next day, give thy son that we may eat him. And she hid her son. Okay, the dramatic part of this story is the fact that this lady is complaining about the hidden son. As in, it's unfair. It's unfair. And, and you've had God's children. You see, you find... Uh, <laughs> Even somebody saying, it's unfair, they are eating alone. What is that? As in, at times, wrong is wrong no matter who does it. You know, there are some of us who say, hey, this country, our leaders, they are corrupt and everything. But if you are the one who was eating, it will not be a big thing. Yeah. But just because you are eating, it's unfair. And, and listen, this woman says, we ate my son. Ah, preacher, give us a clear understanding. Give us a clear understanding. Now, this is why I said it's Bible study. This is why it doesn't become a sermon. Let's go to the text. There's a prophet in the Bible called Amos. Amos is one of those books in the Bible. If the technical team does not help you by projecting, you are in trouble. Because I know you don't know it comes after which books. That is the problem. This technical team makes life difficult. Before you even open your Bible, they've already projected Amos. You think like you know where it is. But anyway, let's go to Amos. The book of Amos is an interesting one. 
You see, in Amos, it's, it's, it's Amos who talks about uh, famine in, in, in a perspective that at times I, I would want us to reflect on. Amos sits back. And you hear Amos talking, he's talking about that all would bring a famine. And l- let me just read how Amos packages his, his famine message. No, no, no. Before I even get to Amos, let me first finish with this part. The woman said, we boil my son. Let me explain the woman. In Bible prophecy, what does a woman represent? Church. Church. So my question then comes, if a woman represents a church, how many churches are boiling their children? This is common. This is common. We look at our young people and we are busy boiling them. Oh, the other people say, oh, bring your child, we boil. And you boil. And this is why we don't have young people. Unless I sit back and I say, will we have an elder in 2032? Or will you have to come to a situation whereby we're asking Elder Andrew, Elder Andrew, how old are you? And at that time, in his, in his 60s and 70s, his eyes are like this, but Elder Andrew is the head elder of Oasis. <laughs> and, and yet we have energetic young people, but the problem is we boiled them. They were boiled. People just said, bring your son, bring your son, bring your son. And this is the biggest problem we're having right now. And, and, and why, why I am at times even blaming the church is the, the church represented by the woman. At times, instead of us being the ones to nurture these children, to protect our young ones, we are the ones who are making life more difficult. Boiled. The Lord talks about the time when there's a famine. And, and, and that's why, by the way, I, 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 really get, I really get worried when the number of young people in the church is decreasing. Young people who are energetic for the Lord, who can do so much for the Lord. Please, young people, let us get something we can do for the Lord. And let's do it. I, I like saying, right now, I know some of you judge me harshly as not being musical. But when I was young... I'm not very old. When I was young, I used to sing in a cappella groups. Very serious. I was saying, yes, maybe. But ask, ask Chris Gisemba. When, when he was in high school, we are the ones he was aspiring. When he grows up, he will sing baritone like chief. Imagine. Right now, I know you are judging me like, can any good thing come out of... No, but, but, but my point, beloved, is let us find a place where we can do something in the vineyard of the Lord as young people. Otherwise, we are boiling. And the woman said, let's boil your son. They boiled the son. But tomorrow will come. After you've boiled the child today, tomorrow came. There is no other child to boil. The other woman said, no, not my son. Went and hid the son. Okay, is this fair? Is it fair? <laughs> but, but, but this is difficult to determine whether it's fair because we can't say, okay, so should, should the other woman have brought the child for boiling? 
But, 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 but walk with me in the text. Walk with me in the text. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, he, as he passed, and he passed by the wall. And the people looked, and behold, the king had a sackcloth upon his flesh. And then he said, God, do so more also to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. So Elisha again is being threatened. Why? Because there is famine. Now, at, at times it's interesting to be the man of God. When good things are happening, they praise you. When bad things are happening, they say, but why didn't you prevent it? You should have talked to your God to prevent the famine. So they threaten Elisha. I like this. But Elisha sat in his house. The man of God is never threatened by what they are saying. So they said, your head will not be on your neck. Hey, let me tell you. If there is something I would really want to do, be a child of God. Somebody threatens you, then you just look at them and you say, okay, are you through? Are you through? Fine. Let's see. And then you just sit. Because you know, how can somebody threaten you that they'll chop off your neck? Do you know one thing? One thing. And, and by the way, this one can help you through the time of trouble. How many of you want to walk through the time of trouble? How many of you are hoping, God give me life until I face time of trouble? Okay, okay, you're all scared. It's, it's common. I know all of you are like, God, can you allow me to die in the Lord? <laughs> at, at, at God, there's a text in Revelation 14, 13. It says, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from now henceforth. God, let me die in that one, that one. But don't let me to the time of trouble. Let me tell you something about the time of trouble. You see, in the time of trouble, the general reason why we are afraid of it is because we are not certain of the protection of God. But God has made provision saying that when the time of trouble comes, his people will be protected. When the persecution comes. And I see something. Elisha sat in his house. The message says, and, and this is the message of tomorrow. The elders sat with him. The king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See how this son of a murderer hath sent to take away mine head. Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door. Hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came unto him. And he said, Behold, this is the evil of the Lord. What shall I wait for the Lord? What shall I wait for the Lord any longer? And then Elisha said in chapter 7 verse 1, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And now I want you to understand. Who is in charge of tomorrow? Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. It's God who can talk that way about tomorrow. When today people are boiling their sons, I, I like this. God does not wait for you to stop boiling children. When people are boiling sons today, he says tomorrow there is hope. Tomorrow at a time like this. And, and, and I like something about God. He works in his timelines. He says tomorrow 
Just wait. Time like this, you're selling flour. You're going to have, you're going to have sufficient. Now, let me tell you. There are those moments God tells you things, then you're like, okay, God, let's get serious. Even you, you know, this, this level of famine right now, do you, mean, do you mean it will rain? Then after the rain has rained overnight, the barley grows overnight. <laughs> By tomorrow morning, it is harvesting time. God, how? You, you, you know, that is your mentality trying to understand God. Don't understand God. Believe and trust in him. Problem with us, we want to explain and understand God. When he did call you to explain, dissect him. You know, God is not like experiments. That, okay, I have to see that God exists. How will I see that? No. Listen to this. The Bible says, Then, verses 2 of Second Kings 7, Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in the heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. You know what that means? He's being told, listen, you have said God can't do it. Okay. You're going to see what God can do, but you're not going to partake of it. Now, that, that's another level. Today, people are hungry, but God says you will eat. But because you did not believe, he tells you tomorrow you're going to watch people eating. But you, no food. Ah, you're saying, preacher, we are not understanding. You know we've just eaten. Okay, let me explain. Those moments when you refuse to trust in God, he says, okay, tomorrow, and I, I am employing Kenyans, tomorrow. You're jobless. And you said God can't do it. Tomorrow, I'm employing people. He says, okay, you are sick. We told you God can heal and you're questioning. Tomorrow, you're going to see how many people are going to be discharged from hospital. You will see with your eyes. You'll stay on the hospital bed counting. I don't know about you. Do, do, have you ever been in a hospital set up then? Your neighbor is being discharged. It's not normally the funniest thing. They tell you, oh, my time is up. You look at them feeling like telling them, can we exchange? But you can't. He says, tomorrow. You didn't believe? Just wait. And, 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 and one thing, one thing I like about this story is God is in charge of tomorrow. But he wants to convince you to believe that he knows what exists tomorrow. And that's why so many of us may even be present tomorrow, but they will not have the blessings of tomorrow because they didn't believe today. When God talks today, he gives us hope. He says, you can trust me. You, you can trust in what I'm going to do tomorrow. Listen, I am talking to you today, but I don't have to do it today. Tomorrow there will be food. And the man says, listen, even if God were to open the windows, how do you start threatening God like that? I, I like the way El Elder was telling us that the windows of uh, heaven were open. But let me tell you, somebody is threatening. I don't know about you. If I were God, and it's easy to say in a sermon, every threat that they said I would have done, if they said, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, I would have opened the windows immediately. 
and flooded the place where this man is standing only. Just flood him there. No, if I was God, by the way, that's why I'm not God. Surely, by the way, have you ever thought about the way people deal with God? If God dealt with us the way we deal with him. You know, at times people say, oh, if God exists, why can't he do this? You know, suppose you threatened God like that. Then God said, okay, you've called for me. I'm coming. You saw Moses, Moses started it with God. I say, oh God, you're just talking to me. You're just talking to me. Let me see you. I said, okay, you want me to see? Okay, I'm going to come. And then the Lord came. The mountain just started. No, no, no. Let's leave the story of Moses. Moses was allowed to see the back. The children of Israel said, oh, Moses, you only claim to be talking to God. We also want to see this God. I said, okay, you're ready to see me? Go take a shower. Imagine, God just told them, Moses, go tell them to prepare. Tomorrow they have to be clean. Everyone to come to Mount Sinai. I am coming. They came. They're like, yes. Today we're also seeing God. Moses just keeps threatening us. Oh, God has said. Oh, God has said. Today we also want that God to talk to us one on one. They came. Then the Lord didn't even appear. The mountain just started quaking. And there were lightnings and thunderings. And then they're like, okay, where is God? He's not yet come. That's preparing the way. You know those police outriders? Preparing the way. Just saying, the Lord is about to. He's not yet come. And then they saw everything. They told Moses, Moses, go talk to him. <laughs> what he says we will do. We don't even want to see him. And you know why it happens like that? Because at times, we don't understand God. That's why people threaten God like that. That this God is only speaking to you. We also want him to speak to us. A time came, they said, just tell us what he has said. We are going to do what he has said. And imagine the Lord did not come. And if the Lord had come, I always ask myself, if the Lord had just decided, okay, you wanted me to come, now I'm coming. Can you contain the presence of the Lord? I always like comparing and contrasting. One angel came from heaven, destroyed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. One angel. What if the Lord came? Please, when it is warfare, don't ask for the Lord to come. And here, the Lord did not even respond. The man says, even if the Lord were to make the windows to open, he was told, you will see with your eyes, but you will not eat. But beloved, let me tell you something. The Lord can make this happen to you if you doubt. The problem we have is at times we doubt the Lord too often. And when you doubt the Lord, you will see with your eyes, but you won't eat. When, when, when you're talking about trust in God, you must walk with God always. And that's why I say, he holds the future. Tomorrow is in his hands. When he tells you about tomorrow, he's not second guessing. When the Lord tells you he will do something, he will do it. Let's read verse 3. Ah, this is, this is interesting. Second Kings chapter 7. We were, we were talking about food, isn't it? We are talking about lack of food. Then, the writer just leaves us with lack of food, then goes to leprosy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? As in, 
As in, our focus is on lack of food. Tomorrow you won't eat. Then we go to leprosy. And, and now read the story of leprosy. There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they say to one another, why sit we here until we die? At times I say we need to have the mindset of these leprous men. Now you're saying, oh, the Lord will provide for his children. Beloved, don't sit here until you die, okay? Go forth. Just go. And the leprous men said, you know what? Verses 4. Now listen, and I like the argument of the leprous men. Their argument was on another level. As in, you know, life is so difficult, it, it can even make you start thinking critically. The leprous men are thinking and they're saying, if we say we will enter into the city, then there is famine in the city. We shall die there. If we sit still here, we will die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the hands of the Assyrians. Three tough choices, but one of them. At the end of the day, we will still die. That's what they said. At the end of the day, death is still there. So, we either sit here and die, or we go, enter the city, where there is famine, and we will die. The other option, let us fall into the hands of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. I like that. You're saying, even if I go, there's a possibility. And, 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 I, and I say, by the way, when you are looking at probabilities, take something where there's a probability of life. Did you hear that? Pick the probability of living. They said, if we go to the Syrians, they have food, but they are our enemies. They can kill us, but we will have died, isn't it? So we won't even know. We will have already died. Now, the other option, we sit here, we will still die. The other option, we go into the city, there is famine, we will still die. Let's go this side. They may see us and say, let's have pity on them. And the Bible says, they arose in the twilight to go to the camp of the Assyrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syria, behold, there was no man there. Why? Leprous men need food. The Lord knows the lepers need food. And the Lord is making a provision for the lepers to get food. Beloved, if God can look at lepers and get for them food, what about you? It's all about how we are going to trust in God. And, 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 and look, at, look at this. Let's develop this quickly so that I put it to a close. For the Lord, now listen to what God did. The Lord had made the host of the Assyrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. We've gone back to horses and chariots of the morning. The Assyrians heard the noise of chariots and horses. And the noise of even a great host. And they say to one another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, left their tents, tents left their horses, left their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. 
the Assyrians have gone away, they have left everything. Because the Lord made them to hear the noises. I love God. I, I love God, beloved. Let me explain to you something. You see, the, the God whom I serve doesn't work on your timeline. He doesn't do the things the way you want. The other time, he just brought chariots to just surround this place. Made people blind and they left. This time, he's not blinding people every time. This time, leprous men are just walking. And when a leprous man steps like this, God makes that footstep a thousand soldiers and 10,000 horses. They just heard the noises of chariots until they start a rumor from nowhere. Be careful of rumors. In fact, they just started a rumor from nowhere. Hey, by the way, do you know the king of Israel, I heard he has gone and hired Egyptians. And this rumor just became a serious thing. This guy says, let's flee. And they fled. And after they fled, the Bible says, and, and listen to this text, the Bible says, when these leapers came to the uttermost part of the camp, you know, they, they, they came on, oh, now no, this one you need to walk with me in my sanctified imagination. I, I, I'm just seeing them walking in, and then they're like, okay, now this, this is now going to be terrible. We are likely to be killed. They cross their fingers. They're like, if they shoot us, we die. You know the way you come expecting to be killed and the person who is supposed to kill you is not there. They continue until they say, it could be these people are hiding. They check everywhere, they are not there. And the Bible says, listen, when the lepers came to the hinder part, they went into one tent. They did eat and drink and they carried silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again. Entered the second tent. They carried from thence also, went and hid it. Now, this part is interesting. Then they said to one another, we do not well. Now, that one, that one you need to, you, you need to mark that word. If you have a Bible, underline that word. We do not well. Because th th this is the part that I think as God's children we've lost We've lost the ability to sense that we are not doing well. We do not well. Beloved, we do not well is a compelling statement. When I can sit in church, and I know of a friend who should be seated in church right now, and they are not seated here, we do not well. I know the evangelists will come and tell you, oh, I will go. Listen, the clarion call, I will go, must start with we do not well. I always tell people, heaven is not wonderful because you are going there. You must sit down and say, if heaven is beautiful, you need company in heaven. Do you think you want to go to heaven alone? I know there are some of us who normally sit and they feel like, God, I see these ones are not making it. But, but we need to all get there. I, I was preaching somewhere, I think it must have been Lucky Summer or thereabout, and I was telling them, that there is a song we like singing which says, when we all get to heaven. Did, did you hear the words? Yes. When we all, 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 all of us get to heaven. You've never sung when I get to heaven alone. It is when we all get to heaven. So why are you not interested in others going to heaven? We do not well. Here you are, you know the Advent message and you only sit in church doing nothing. Nothing. You do not well. 
Beloved, there is nothing we are doing about sharing Jesus with others. We do not well. We do not well. In fact, one of the reasons I like, I like recording sermons is so that we can go, when you lack things to share, please, don't share strange things. Ask me, preacher, give me a sermon. I want to share on my status. Let's share sermons on our status. We do not well when our friends don't know anything about Jesus. And yet, we are eating and eating and eating. We do not well. Ah, No, 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 you need to understand. These were leprous men who were speaking. Leprosy represents sin. Sinners who have gotten food in the house of the Lord, we do not well when we are eating alone. Let's go and share Jesus with others. We can sit here getting spiritually fat while others are suffering in the famine of the word of God. People don't know about Jesus out here. Our age mates, our friends, don't know anything about Jesus. They are suffering. They are drinking alcohol. They are killing themselves. But here we are. We know of Jesus. We know Jesus is coming again. We do not well when we don't share Jesus. We do not well. This is a day of good tidings. This is a serious day, beloved. This is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. He says we don't do well. Beloved, let me tell you. The missionary spirit is the spirit of every child of God who is converted. Missionary spirit. That's why the woman at the well, when the woman found Jesus, left the water pot. Went and said, come see a man, come. There is nobody who experiences Jesus and wants to stay with Jesus alone. When you experience Jesus and Jesus speaks to your heart, I know you're going to say, oh, but preacher, I know you're saying like this because you're a preacher. True. That's how preachers package the message. So you, who is a listener, also package the message to other listeners. In fact, nowadays I say, if you can't preach, you can listen. And you even know how to listen. So... Just identify what you've listened to and share with people what you've listened to. We do not well when we keep quiet with such amazing truths. We do not well. Say some mischief will come. You never know. Some mischief may come upon us tomorrow. And he says, let's go tell the king's household. The Bible says, so they came and they called the porter of the city and they said, we came to the camp of the Assyrian. Behold, there was no man. Neither voice of a man, but horses tied, asses tied, and the tents were there. And he called the porters. They told the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Assyrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. <laughs> this is what we call doubt. Therefore they are gone out of the camp to hide themselves, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. One of the servants said, Let some Take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are all as a multitude of Israel that are left in. Behold, I say, they are even all the multitude of Israel that are consumed. Let us send thee. They took thereof two chariots of horses. The king sent to the horse of Assyrians, go and see. They went after them to the Jordan. Ah, now, now, you need to understand this part. This is another interesting part. They went after them to the Jordan. You know, when your enemies have fled, they can run away 
and then you will find you did not find them. But that does not give you hope that the enemy has gone away. So God ensured that when they were going away, there was evidence that they were terrified. Listen to the text. It says, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Assyrians had cast away in their haste. While the Assyrians were running, even the clothes they had, they were removing. We need to rush. That is the doing of the Lord. That at the end of it, God may be glorified. Who is in charge of tomorrow? That's my question. When you're living here today and you're going to sleep, who is in charge of tomorrow? You see, God has already promised that tomorrow your bread is going to be present. But you see, today we are having challenges. But you don't know what he is doing through the night. In the night, the Assyrians have run away. The lepers have come. They have stolen some goods. They've eaten until they've told people there is food. And when you read the text, it says the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Assyrians. So, a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel. According to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the people trod on him. And he died as the man of the Lord had said, who spake unto, him, unto the king, came down. He saw with his eyes, but he didn't eat. He was the one in charge of the gate. From now onwards, when you are told, be the usher, say, be careful. He was the one left in charge of the gate, but when people were hungry and they came, they stepped on him, he died. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken, listen to this, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two measures of barley shall be sold for a shekel, measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time at the gate of Samaria, the Lord answered the man of the Lord and said, now, behold, if the Lord should make the window that is in the heaven, might such a thing happen? And behold, he said, you shall see it with your eyes, you shall not eat thereof. And so it fell unto him. For the people trod upon him at the gate, and he died. The man died for lack of belief. Let's put an end to our study for the afternoon. Listen. The Lord is the one who takes care of tomorrow. But one thing I get in the whole of this package of story is there are those who have never trusted in the Lord when he promises of tomorrow. And let me tell you, at times when we go through life, we can go through life overly worried about tomorrow. And I like telling people, the Bible says in, uh, it should be Matthew chapter 6. You know the famous chapter of Matthew chapter 6, consider the fowls of the air, they neither... So not reap, but your heavenly Father feedeth them. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. The Gentiles are seeking after all these things. But listen, it says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. As in God is in church. And that's why he will say confidently, take no thought about tomorrow. Don't be worried about tomorrow. We are overly worried about tomorrow. God is telling us, don't be worried about tomorrow. My question is, 
Why do you tell me not to be worried about tomorrow and yet I don't know where I'll get my food from? But he says, listen, be worried whether you have God. As long as you're on God's side, you're safe. Tomorrow is taken care of by God. I, have you ever heard of uh, the way companies nowadays do when they, want to, when they want to cut costs? They outsource services. You've heard of, you've heard of that? Outsourcing services. So you're like, okay, our ICT services outsourced. So God is saying, listen, I want you to outsource your worry services. The things that worry you, outsource to the Lord. So tomorrow somebody asks you, are you worried? You say, yes, I'm very worried. But it is being dealt with. There's the department of worry dealing with that. I, I have taken all my worries and given them to God. He's dealing with them. Listen, when there is a department that you've outsourced to, you are not worried. You wait for the end product. Take no thought about the morrow. Focus on God. He will take care of tomorrow. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lived because he lived. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is why? Because I know, yes, I know, he holds the future. And the life is worth a living just because. Ah, no, 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 listen to that. And life, life is worth a living. Beloved, listen, you can be disappointed in this life, but don't say life is worthless. You, you, you've seen headlines nowadays. Spouses killing their spouses. People committing suicide. Oh, life has become worthless. Life is worth a living just because he lives. Because he lives. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the love. And joy he brings. But great, the greater part, the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. Listen to that. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know, yes, I know, he holds the future. 
and life is worth a living just because he lives. I love the part that says this child can face. Ah, no, you didn't get it. Understand this part so that we close. This child can face uncertain days. Beloved, you don't have to be sure of what is going to happen. We can face uncertain days because he lives. We can be able to look at tomorrow and say, we will do this by the grace of God. We can face uncertain moments because he lives. Because he lives, all fears is gone. All fear is gone. And that's why I say, the certain uncertainty of tomorrow makes me want to look for a certain God. The God who is certain. You see, tomorrow is uncertain. But you can face tomorrow because he lives. So let's look at life. Look at the challenges we are facing in life. Look at the things. And let me tell you, you don't necessarily have to face challenges in life. There are some people who, these bad times, they don't know. They are enjoying. But you know, you also need to know that you're enjoying for a long time. The uncertain tomorrow can make your enjoying come to an end. Did you see what COVID did? Oh, you are here, you have promised yourself you're going for vacation. Then COVID says lockdown. For you not to be afraid of lockdown, you can face the uncertainty of tomorrow because he lives. And, and that's why the gist of my message for the whole day, if I was to encapsulate the message, put it in capsule form and say, now swallow this part of the message, the message will be very simple. Be sure who is with you. But don't worry about tomorrow because God is there. That is why it started with us when people were boiling their children to a point in time where there is food. God only can do that within one day. Just give him a day. So what I'm saying, don't give up on God. I, I, I know life, life is good, life is tough, life is everything, but don't give up on God. May God bless us Amen. and may God keep us safe. Let's rise up for a closing word of prayer. Let's pray. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Is there somebody in the congregation? You have something that is troubling you. You want to put it to the Lord in prayer. Put up your hand. I want to pray with someone. Precious Lord, these uplifted hands are hands of people facing the uncertainties of this life and saying, Lord, life can be tough. There are things that are troubling our hearts, but we want to live tomorrow in your hands. We want to live the events of tomorrow, the certainty of tomorrow, we want to leave it in your hands. When we look at the future, it's bleak. Dear Lord, what can be better in this world? Nothing. So that's why we are not keeping our eyes on the activities of this world. We are keeping our eyes on your activity. When you are in church, tomorrow is safe. 
tomorrow is secure. So God, we leave our everything into your bold hands. We've trusted in you. Don't let us down. God, I thank you for this day, for the messages of hope that you've given us. Help us that we may walk with you throughout, learning to trust in you and believing in you. Every moment is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord bless you all. The Lord keep you safe. Roho mtakatifu kiongozi amini utushike mkono tulio wasafiri Sikia sauti ya uole msafifuata na ungo la ngi 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 ngi